Teresa, you're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is a podcast where comedians confess something they haven't told anyone before, just to get off their chest, you know? I'm very excited because my guest today has a podcast of her own called Troubled Waters on Maximum Fun. Um, you should check it out. Riley Silverman, what's up? Hello, how are you? I'm good. I like your hair. Oh, I, did, thank you. I feel like I've, even though I said hi and we talked, I like now I'm looking at you. I'm like, oh, it's it, new, the purple, right? It's also like, depending on the lighting, you can see it better. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, I've it's had really it pretty. for, I started it around the beginning of the summer, like sort of like late spring, and I've had like different iterations of it, but yeah, yeah, so it's been like, it's mostly on the tips, and I actually need to get my hair redone soon because a lot of like my natural like blonde is like kind of gone ashy brown a little bit, so I need uh-huh. to like have that like touched up so that it will hold more color. I'm the opposite. I have to get it blonded. Blonded? That's not the correct <laughs> verb for it, but um, yeah, I just started dyeing it blonde and mm-hmm. it's a lot of work it is no i mean <laughs> i'm a natural blonde but my hair isn't this like light blonde anymore it's like more mm-hmm. of this like like this like i said this ashy kind of like mm. light brown now when i was a kid it was like white hair oh, yeah. but um so i have to get it a little bit bleached just to like bring out the blonde a little bit still gotcha. but and then but now i've had it for so long like the back has definitely gotten pretty much brown at this point again so gotcha well it's very nice um okay. well i like to start by asking my guests for a good confession just to start on a positive note is there anything good you'd like to confess Oh, I'm excited! My uh, my D and D show that I'm on—it's like a, we actually like we play D and D professionally, and we're uh-huh. on D and D's like Twitch channel. And we oh, just came awesome. back this week. Oh, so. on like the games official? Yeah, like on on like Twitch TV, Twitch TV slash D and D. We like do a Monday night show, and we we've we've done two seasons so far, and we just started our third like this oh, week. That's awesome. What's the we're show recording called? It. Uh, it's called The Broken Pact. Okay. And when we first launched, we were we were we we started a year ago. And we were a tie-in to a book that came out last year. Mm-hmm. And so our show was set in like the world that book was set in. And then they have a new book that's coming out this month. It'll be out by the time they hear this, I think, called uh, Descent into Avernus. And so our characters are now, actually, we've descended into Avernus. Like, we're on oh, that cool. plane now. So so that's like the, wor- oh, okay. So you're like kind of role-playing within this world yeah. that was created. Yeah, um, so we we play we like all we all created characters and it's it's essentially like this new genre almost of like this medium of like televised role playing games like there's uh-huh. some really popular ones like like uh, Critical Role and like podcasts like The Adventure Zone but essentially it's like improvised storytelling yeah. and it just uses the D and D mechanics as like a framework and like a foil for the story but it's ultimately people just making up characters and telling a story of these characters mm-hmm. and just that some of the, the fate is determined by dice That's so it's so really fun and really I interesting I feel like my um and this is probably like the out- outdate a lot of my friends play D I haven't like gotten a chance to really get into it before but mm-hmm. I feel like in my mind D is mostly the fantasy but then one of my friends was telling me like they play as characters that just like not like human characters in in like real world sometimes like you can create any story you want yeah i mean like D D is is what's called a tabletop role-playing game mm-hmm. and so there's like a huge like industry of those like yeah. D start like was like the big like one that broke through like there was things that were similar like but it was mostly like war games like like lots of miniatures mm-hmm. war games but like D D was like the, the like the like the grandfather of like this like narrative role-playing yeah. game and we're like and then a lot of other games popped up in like the late 80s, early 90s and onward that like continued on with that 
as a medium. Gotcha. And in fact, D and D and and like they're they're on their fifth edition of their game now, so they've revised it completely a couple times. When they put their mm-hmm. third one out, they actually gave they like opened up their license like to like a Creative Commons license, so that people oh, could cool. actually take their like basic rule system and make their own version of it and well yeah because that's my question isn't it um because i hear about people like write like the dungeon master you kind of write a little bit sort of you're like kind of creating the storylines yeah so uh for uh, most D &D games the there are two roles in the game which is there are players and there are dungeon masters or Uh dms and so the dungeon master it's almost like i think the way to think of it is like a film set and like the players are actors and the DM is a director writer combo. Oh, like they cool. do definitely like write sometimes. I mean, you can also buy books. But they're books. like telling you, like if you roll the dice, you'd be like, oh, you fell into a hole. Like they're making that up. It's not like a manual they look at, right? Well, they, you can buy books that actually have a narrative you can follow gotcha. and they can be really great. But yeah, it is a lot of like, it, originally the same role was before it became codified as Dungeon Master uh-huh. was was a, was called the referee so oh. like that was like Dungeon you Master were the person so much cooler yeah so and it's a lot more like branded that way uh-huh. but yeah so the Dungeon Master is just like essentially like the storyteller yeah and then the other, the players are like joining into this shared Sorry, story that's my rice cooker that's all right <laughs> so yeah it's like essentially like the think of the Dungeon Master as almost like a, like like a um, omniscient narrator and yeah. then the players are like characters who all have a point of view as well. And like everybody's contributing to a story, but the dungeon master is kind of like the puppet master of mm. all of it. And then like at home games, like friends who play it might not lean as heavily on story. Like I think televised shows, like things that are on streaming channels will have a lot of story to them sure. or a lot of role play and a lot of like character moments. But you also can literally just play it like completely exposition, like just mm-hmm. describing what you're doing and like just running around and killing goblins and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, like, like I'm, you meet a goblin. Yeah. Do you want to kill it? Yeah, like that. So yeah, a lot of people, it's almost just like a video game that you're talking out and other people make it more into like a theatrical thing. Yeah. So there's, there's a wide berth of how you can play it. That's awesome. I love the like idea of role playing. Um, like, cause I, I mean, I did a little bit of improv, but it's different because you're not playing to perform. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in this case you are you for can. TV. But yeah. like, there's something fun about like, you're playing with your friends, um, like this point system, if you make it feel real, almost you're like, oh, I'm going on a date in this game. Do, yeah. do I, does it go well? You know, like it's, it makes me feel like, I wonder if we're in a simulation. Like whenever yeah, stuff yeah. like that happens, I'm like, how do I know that I'm not in a Well, I think simulation? that's the, <laughs> the key to good role playing is I think improv is really important. And I think it's taking the mechanics and like the stats that are on your sheet yeah. and turning them into like character things. It tells you like, like strengths, weaknesses. What yeah. You yeah. Or like but if then, your character has like a, like a high score in wisdom, you would play them differently than somebody who has like a lower mm. wisdom score, like a really intelligent character. You might play differently than like a less intelligent character. And so you have things on your sheet that are like guidelines for how to play the character. Sometimes I think of, like astrology that way because I, I go back and f- I mean I love astrology because it's super fun for me but I also recognize all of the criticisms of it and how if you take something too extreme it can always be bad yeah but I sometimes like think of it as a manual like um like in the same way you're like looking you see the character sheet yeah like, oh you're just getting your character sheet even if you don't know it you're still gonna be that character yeah, you don't it, need it to exist exactly because the character yeah. doesn't know that sheet exists and but like people, not everybody knows yeah. like like if they got like yeah so like your character sheet if as a character if you saw your own character <laughs> sheet would be similar to having a star chart read because you read your star chart and you're like yeah that doesn't describe me and like well this kind of like, well, does not, maybe yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah did you ever watch um the remake of jumanji 
Yeah. With the rock. It's actually really good. Yeah. But um in the in you know, in the movie they're literally video game players, but then they get these traits and one of them I think was like he explodes when he sees cake or something like that. I can't remember. It was such a weird little yeah. detail that was like, haha, funny, because sometimes you play video games and there's a funny thing. But if you know video games, you know it's going to come in somehow. Yeah. So those little details are fun and I feel like in life I've like tried to look at life that way now. Like when I see something in your star chart, you're like, okay, so if that's a lesson I'm supposed to learn, maybe I'll just like seek it out and try to have that arc early. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, do, do you subscribe to astrology or any spiritual beliefs? Um, a little bit of astrology, not as serious. Like I think as some people, like I think that, um, well, and I, I like, I dated a, a woman who lived in uh, Portland and I feel uh-huh. like up there, the Portland, <laughs> the Portland like lesbian community is like, super into oh, their yeah. astrology game I feel like by association if you're a queer person in LA like at some point you have believed in astrology or you've dated someone who is really like believes in it for real yeah yeah so I, I go through periods of time where I will check my horoscopes a lot <laughs> and then I also like like I had like I texted my mom one time like hey do you know actually what time I was born so I can make sure I get my sun <laughs> sign as well like oh my gosh yeah, yeah. That's fun. Um, did were you raised religious in any way? Yeah, I was raised Methodist. Oh, okay. And I kind of had a falling out with the church myself when I was like in like early high school. Uh-huh. And I I have kind of moved into uh, I consider myself agnostic mm-hmm. and but like I I actually lean more to like I think a lot of people think agnostic is like a safe way of saying atheist and I mm-hmm. actually think that I lean still a little bit more on the side of like some level of like de- like spirituality and divinity mm-hmm. but like nothing that i can like define yeah but like i also my whole thing is that i think all of it is like incomprehensible and that's sure. like so like i think it's not you can't really quantify any of it and i don't necessarily yeah. believe in it in regards to like a specific deity or something mm-hmm. as much as like like you mentioned earlier like oh what if we're on a simulation <laughs> like I, I i think there's 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 a chance that's true or there's a chance yeah. that like there are the multiverse and there's a chance that like that string theory could have a level of spirituality to it. it's all kind of stuff so yeah, it's all kind of connected yeah. i mean there's no way it would be wild if any one human got it correct mm-hmm. that's so i totally hear what you're saying about like there's probably no way that one specific religion has every single detail right but there's so many similarities that even in the simulation version where it's like no god and we're in a computer like technically that is just another name yeah for a god you know and a plan and for sure yeah so i do think that's really interesting um because you're like oh if we're in a computer and then the computer ends like are we just a program or are we a being who's plugged into that computer and when the simulation ends we wake up somewhere else and we're that being now too like how does that work like what is that is that what people think of as the afterlife is like (laughs) them like is that what the light was is like the system starting to shut down and they wake up again i don't know like but also i i think about that a lot i've been thinking about a lot lately just because there's been so much in the news the ai and all this stuff um and i think the art people are thinking like too micro because people think like oh what happens if we're robots we're in a simulation then nothing's real it's like well what does real mean right like yeah if you feel pain that is pain yeah and existence uh, is awareness so. it just because your pain might ha- be um not the same kind of pain whatever let's say we're fake people which mm-hmm. i don't know if that's true yeah. but and then there's real and people so who feel fake. real pain and such a fake person right we're all fake. i'm a hologram um but then it's like the the, the pain still hurts so what does real mean yeah Anyways, that's, yeah, I, I could go on about singularity, so I'll, I'll stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, do you, um, this, so this podcast is sort of like loosely based on therapy um, and sort of like confessing things. Do, uh, do you have like a confidant that you go to when you like need to talk things through? Um, 
I used to use stand up for that and I've uh-huh. kind of moved away from that a little bit. But I don't know if I have anyone right now that's like my go to confidant. I mm-hmm. think I I've I've had some friends, but I also feel like I, I run into an issue of like like I don't I you're ha- saying you're a pretty open person, right? I, I, I like am. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I tend to be pretty open to my detriment sometimes. <laughs> like I think I think some people think that I like I'm I, I'm aware of the fact that I went through a bad period of time where I would just like dump all my feelings onto a person and that, that's not way fair to them and yeah it's very much a you probably should be talking to a therapist but I just <laughs> like I haven't done that yet but yeah I used to have some friends that it felt like there was like a symbiotic relationship of like us mm-hmm. just like feeding into each other's like like pile of things to vent or whatever yeah so. well I feel like that's important and I do kind of feel like I had more of that when I was younger because in college like you're just the structure is just built for you to like hang out more like because even yeah. when you're studying or there's just more common spaces yeah so it's easier to just sit down and it doesn't feel like you have to call your friend and be like let's get coffee so I can unload on you you might just happen to get into a deep conversation and yeah I also used to, I feel like I used to have more friends who like kept um I don't know if this makes sense but like almost like if your life was in chapters you could meet up with a friend and then you just pick up where you left off like oh so this is what's new with that thing happening yeah and yeah now I feel like because I my friends all live all over and I'm mostly doing comedy so anybody outside of comedy when I catch up with them they'll be like what's new and I'll have to it almost feels like I have to start from scratch yeah there's no like so this is where we last left off kind of thing I don't know there's also a weird uh, social media has changed so much of that too because now it's like we're always just like putting our entire lives onto the internet Mm -hmm. and like putting it up as posts or whatever I'm really bad about it but (laughs) I remember so I started stand-up before social media was a thing really and it kind of like it kind of it kind of like started to develop kind of failed then you started in Portland no I started in Ohio Columbus Ohio and I uh, that's yeah so I remember like when Friendster came up and oh went, God, I remember Friendster. MySpace coming up and going and then Facebook showed up. And so, I, but before that, like with stand up, like it was such a more almost like nomadic culture where, because yeah. everyone, like we didn't have, like the, the best you could connect with was like a Usenet group or like a message board <laughs> somewhere. And that was garbage. There but, used to be a UCB message board. Yeah, and there, well, there was, down, there was, was like there was a special thing which was like a message board oh, yeah. that like united all. Yeah, UCB had one too, but a special thing was like the message board that was like the fan page oh, for, for all like comedy everything. in LA, especially. Wow. But like all I know the that UCB from people the records, would go there. I, yeah, they, they 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 eventually became a record company because they were just a, they were for They're a like, long time a message this board. Name? What do we yeah. do with it? I am actually a, a AST recording artist. Oh. I have an album on AST called Intimate apparel if you would like to check that name. out that's on spotify <laughs> and itunes and all that kind of stuff um and amazon thank you message um, boards um are so interesting because I, I feel like i was sort of on the tail end of that like i started improv like probably like after my first year they, they just died from like probably because of facebook and twitter and all that but yeah they used to be popping like you go in and there's stuff going on and then and they'd be like huge going, fights and like flame wars yeah, and like, like these like 200 post threads and yeah. there was also one in my school called juicy campus which was so <laughs> toxic but it's like literally just a board where people can say whatever they want yeah those never end well oh, like no. there's always, always these facebook bad. groups where it's like it's like unpopular opinions like okay it's just a place someone's gonna be racist in an hour i just know it or it's like someone there's like who do you have a question and they just name themselves you, like if someone name pops up there's like do you think so and so is cute it's like this is you're posting this yourself yeah <laughs> but with comedy back in like that era like 
prior to the rise of social media, uh-huh. once you moved past like open mic level and you were working the road a lot, it was this weird culture where you would meet other comics at gigs yeah. and you do like a couple shows together and you become like friends and then you might not see the person for like a year because yeah. you're working other gigs and then it was like you'd run into this person again and you would just pick up right where you left off and it was mm-hmm. like this like these like friendships that were all like put in it's like put in like a little jar and then that's my <laughs> friendship with Dan and then I come back and then I like oh Dan and I are working together at Cleveland Improv well, here I am talking to Dan and I, I have to say a male name because there was no way there'd be two women on the show together <laughs> back then oh it's but, okay there's like a hundred Dans yeah so but it was well, really that one Dan comedian. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love that analogy opening up a jar. Cause I, I do like, I think about this a lot with comedy, like you build so many close, deep friendships, but then like for a short amount of time, like well, you're in a writer's room or you're on a project and you really do get to know them very well. And you are vulnerable with them, you know, when you're pitching and stuff. So it's not like force, but it's sometimes so brief. And then, yeah. and then you go in, you might not ever be in that close situation again, but you can still feel the closeness when you see them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very similar to when you like work a, like a job for a while yeah. and then you leave that job and you have, you've made like good friendships at that job, but then suddenly like your friendships like fade away because yeah. you, you don't have that immediacy of seeing them every day like you did at the job. And like, so like the connections you have aren't there the same the way like they used I to be. I don't have that with non-comedy jobs. I'm just like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't like, plus maybe that's some more that says more about me being, I don't know. I feel like I put these blockades up. Like well, I, I worked at restaurants before and oh, people yeah. will try to hang out and you know what? They're all fun people. Like I had nothing against them, but it was just this feeling of like maybe not wanting to invest myself in friendships that I yeah. felt like were not, I don't know. Like I that's worked on at me, a restaurant. I, <laughs> I worked at a restaurant in college. I, I get what you're saying. I worked at a restaurant in college and I kind of was maybe a little bit arrogant about it or I don't know if we're looking at like snotty maybe yeah of, You're like I'm gonna be on TV well it wasn't even that I just I, I said like I, I I had a term that I called restaurant people <laughs> and that was that there, were, there was like there's something that happens with restaurants uh-huh. especially where it's like I, I would see like people who started there when I started there yeah and in the same amount of time that we were there, like suddenly their entire social life became the restaurant. Mm. And like they would go out after, they would come to work, they work a shift. And then after the shift, they would go to a bar with the people they worked with that at that restaurant. Yeah. And then they would like, they'd sleep with each other and that kind of stuff. And then they wake up, work the night and that just became their and life. drama. Like, they wrap themselves up in it. Yeah. And then yeah. next thing you know, they're not pursuing any other interest or anything because they're spending all of our time at the restaurant with the restaurant people. And if they lose that job, they get a job at a restaurant next door and it's like, it's like, it's like the cycle or whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't want to get caught in that loop. So I was like really like hesitant. I would occasionally go to karaoke or whatever, but very like maybe oh, once a week at the karaoke. most. Well, yeah. And it was just like, and like maybe I missed out on the potential to have like really good friendships. I don't yeah. know, but at the same time, it just <laughs> felt like I just watched people who started there, and the next thing I knew, like that was just their entire life was that restaurant. Like if like if someone was like, "Oh, where's Matt today?" and someone's like, "Oh, he was out late last night," like like they knew who the person was <laughs> because they were all together. And uh, there was even an Onion article one time that was like area restaurant employees tired of sleeping with each other and they were like talking about how everyone had slept with each other at the restaurant and they were like over and then like like yeah, we thought it might get better a few months ago when some new hires came in but even now it's the same it's like the joke was just like it's just this loop that is a stereotype yeah i feel like you didn't miss out i mean maybe you would have had a great discount at crab shack if matt is the manager now or something but no yeah i feel like but i think of that sometimes i feel like because some of my college friends are like that and i love them but they're like just like 
like cool girls you know what i mean like they're like like the people who um can get whatever situation they're in like and they exist in every click it's not even like popular like cheerleaders because yeah in theater you have the people who are in theater and then become the cool ones yeah and then in the sports every group there's like the cool people who know how to adapt to their situation and then make that their entire life i'm not that person and then wrap themselves in the drama yeah i've never been that person but i've started to feel it more this year in comedy and maybe because i'm like Re- well fairly recently single so you kind of re- like rearrange your life a little you know just because there's a hole in it and I've started being like oh I'm not a person who like embeds myself socially in my scene yeah but um I I like do see the value of that like oh sometimes it's nice to just have inside jokes and yeah, yeah I don't know it's an interesting thing I've never been good at that I've, I've always been someone no matter what industry I'm in or what group I'm in I just never seem to connect with like a large group mm-hmm. of people like I I've always been a person like in high school I never had a click that was my click uh-huh. but I knew somebody who was in like most of the clicks and was friendly with them except for like the ones who were like too cool for someone who was in choir or whatever <laughs> because that was still a thing happening what, in my what, school um, choir, what um uh, choir what what are they called what part did you sing um well boy it's 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 a it's a great lament of my life because when I was a freshman through uh junior year um I I sang tenor Mm -hmm. and I I I was a great singer I was such a good singer but I also hated it because I would get picked on for having such a high Mm -hmm. voice and I was still presenting as male then and I was I you know I I wanted my voice. I, I never thought at that age that I would ever come out and transition. Mm-hmm. I just, it didn't even seem like a possibility on my radar. So I like, I hated that. I, I felt like my voice was betraying me in some way. Oh. And so I wanted it to deepen. And then my senior year, I did deepen down to a baritone and like, I've never been as good of a singer as I was when I was a tenor. Uh-huh. And I also just like, I hate it because now my voice has this deepness to it. that no matter what I try to do, it just sounds like a dude's voice. Like I, I will, I will talk for an hour or thinking that I'm like femming my voice up really well and I'll listen back to the recording and I'm like that's just a dude talking like it's a, I'm not a dude but like my voice if like you just if you just take it by itself yeah well I, I mean I feel like it's, you're also connecting it to like this whole experience of being in choir too because it is mm-hmm. yeah especially if, I mean that sounds like if it was tough if people were making fun of you for it yeah and also but now it's the opposite where no one's making fun of me but like now because I you know I love music and I yeah. love singing I was I'm not a good too. singer That's why I, was I, well, yeah. like I did the whole like traveling and going to the Disneyland and all that oh yeah I went to Disney World yeah. when I was a kid oh, man. We, we sang at Tomorrowland when I was a senior in That's high school so cool. yeah I've never been to Disney World <sighs> and, but like I, I love singing, but, like, I'm so into, like, show tunes, but, like, mm-hmm. I can never sing any of the women's parts because they're always mm-hmm. written for, like, sopranos. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even if I was, like, a tenor, I would probably be singing at the alto, but, like, as a baritone, I can't even begin to get close to it, and it's frustrating. I, like, I wish I had the, like, time and the, like, finances to, like, pay for, like, singing lessons again as an adult, but <laughs> I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. Yeah, I feel like comedy, it's like musicians and co- comedians get along, but it's like, well, we have our thing. So cause yeah. I, I sometimes like I, you know, my sister does do music and I very much just abandoned it. I used to sing alto and I used to um, we try I would like pride myself in trying to like sing the lowest. Note yeah, I had I, I had pretty like well-rounded deep voice and I um, and I, I just like loved singing, but I loved the community of it more. And I never thought like once I got out of school that I'd want to do it. So it, it literally just like dropped as a passion for me once I. Yeah 
left the community of it. But that's kind of what it was for me it, too. But, yeah, yeah, I never really did choir once I left. Like I, I yeah. And there's like there's choirs in LA that you could like there's like a trans <laughs> choir and like a, like an overall queer choir. And I I don't know. So I, some I people like adult people, choirs take themselves so seriously. Yeah, and then, they, it's the same thing. They they get it. It's a community. Yeah. And people who need a community or want a community, like they find that and they feel accepted in this place to go. And I think I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's just for me, it's like that's just not something I'm as interested in. Yeah. Well, you have comedy and it takes up a lot of time. And yeah. a p- podcast. Yeah. And, and like this, all this like yeah. gaming stuff I've been doing, like it's mm-hmm. a whole other community too. And totally. like, that's the thing. Like I'm, so I'm noticing all, like with comedy community, I never know who's dating each other unless mm-hmm. it's like so blatant or like, I'd like, I get a wedding <laughs> invite, but I never know. And I remember it was like, it was so, so weird because like I'd meet people who just seemed to have started comedy in LA and uh-huh. like, like, like when I saw them and like next thing they're like, they're already like tuned into what's happening with all the drama <laughs> in the scene and stuff like that and the thing is like I don't want to be involved in the drama like I don't have any interest in that but I also feel like that by not knowing what's happening with like relationships that means you're also not like networking as much as other yeah. people are it means you're so probably weird. just more focused on the important things but I, I <laughs> get what you mean and that's why like when, when there used to be message boards I would never write on them but I like to go check them out mm-hmm. Um, but now it is kind of like, well, I guess we'll just focus on our craft and yeah. whatever. I wrote um, on them too much back in the day. Nowadays, <laughs> I think I've learned my lesson a little bit. But back then, I would like I just wanted to be part of something. And I was like, yeah. please be, listen to me. Uh-huh. I want to have a voice. And so I would just like, I would like chat way too much. But now I'm trying yeah. to like pull back a little bit. Like I, I used to be a member of so many different like Facebook private groups or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I, I can't remember <laughs> the last time I actually posted in one of those anymore. And I kind of like turned off notifications for most of them because they all they all seem to be great for about two or three months or sometimes even like a year or more and then mm-hmm. at some point there's just like a huge dust up and yeah. then it's just like nothing but drama for a while and like it gets so toxic and I just I got sick of those yeah man Facebook groups I guess it's all group chats now I feel like there's a lot of group chats I'm not I'm not on any but I'm not on any I, either I hear I'm them referenced the all the time the only ones I'm on <laughs> are ones that are like the casts of the show, like the, the, oh, the yes, role-playing yeah. shows that I'm on. Like, like but we tend to, yeah, I mean, we, we will chat about other stuff, but we tend to focus on things that are like show related and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, Riley, I'd like to know, is there anything you'd like to tell me? Yeah. Um, I have a weird semi, uh, speaking of singing, uh-huh. uh, and liking singing, I have a little bit of a minor addiction to YouTube videos of people just randomly singing like show tunes and Disney songs and stuff like that. I there's like a whole little community on like a culture on YouTube of uh-huh. like amateur singers or like semi pro singers who just like post video to video of them like nailing these like amazing songs. They're and just bursting out. Oh, so they're like performing it for are they like vlo- like singer channels or this is like vlogs and then they it's like their their channels like they they like some of them like will actually do shows but most of them it's just like it's in this there's there's a spectrum who sings on the side sometimes it's like someone just like at like a desk with like a microphone (gasps) like a like a like a arm mic in front of them Uh they're singing into they have like or they have like a studio in their house like they like they've like like they're not like a professional studio but like they've like hung blankets up or whatever or they've like made some soundproof and foam but then there's some people who've gone so far as to actually like film videos and they have like music videos that have like production quality wow. and everything to them so it's just like it's the same thing as like stand-ups yeah. or, or sketch comics making sketches and putting on yeah. the internet like there's such a spectrum of like oh you just shot this on your phone or you shot this on your laptop versus oh you actually like hired a crew and went out and filmed this thing and you're selling it for you're like getting it you're getting it you're like funded money. and monetized or whatever and i'm into all of it how and did this start it was just like 
random. Like, I just was looking for certain songs that I wanted to hear, like, from mm-hmm. musicals. I love musicals, and I love... What's your favorite musical? Oh, uh-huh, my favorite musical. Ooh, that is a very good question. My favorite current musical uh-huh. is, I think, I'm, I'm really loving Hades Town. That's, like, the most contemporary one that I'm into. Of all time, I don't know if I... I, I uh, Sweeney Todd's pretty high up mm-hmm. there. Uh, Les Mis is, like, a place, oh, place in my Les heart. Mis. Um, I never, I'll never let go of Rent, um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I think I saw it in theater with my dad, like right before I went to college, because I was still a teenager and he, like, I couldn't go by myself, so yeah. I wanted to go and he took us. <laughs> I saw it, it in all these high like high school, school theater yeah. kids, yeah, just like, like crying, and then my dad was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> it blows my mind to this day. I saw it sophomore year of high school mm-hmm. on like a class trip to New York, and it blows my mind that my Central Ohio public high school in like in the nineties mm-hmm. took me to New York and, and, and let us go see a show that was just so explicitly queer uh-huh. because like maybe nowadays that would be more common. But back then like that was that I I'm, I'm amazed that we were like able to do that because so I, when I'm looking back on it now, because my, my school was not very progressive. My uh-huh. school was not very open to like queer students yet. There was only like a few kids that were mm-hmm. out back then. And like, I, I, I can think of like them by name. That's how few there were. Was there a GSA at your school? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone tried to start one and it was like not approved yet. Like it was that oh. early on. Uh, we weren't even allowed to cross dress for like Halloween and stuff. Like, cause I remember always wanting to like dress as female characters for Halloween uh-huh. and not being allowed to. Oh, like wow. I remember I was going to be Buffy one year for Halloween and then like, I went to the school Wait, and the principal, the principal would stand in the <gasps> lobby. And if you walked in wearing a costume that was against the rules, he would just tell you to turn back around what? and go back outside. So I actually had like chickened out and ended up going as Xander from Buffy instead. And to this day, I'm like, I really wanted to be Buffy. And I, I, I finally got to play Buffy. I did a show in LA that uh, there was this comic, he used to live here named uh, Paul Goebel. And he had this show uh-huh. That the premise of the show was that it was a, a, a reunion show for like a TV show that had been oh, on. Fun. And everyone was improvising as one of the oh, actors. Oh, okay. I think I did his show, but it was in, it was like at a festival. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I did Yeah, you probably did, did it at a festival or something. Yeah. yeah. I, so I did, I did that. And like somebody had dropped out last minute to be Buffy. So I filled in as Buffy. Oh, that's And fun. then the gag that I came up with, because like the idea was like, like an absurd version of the person. Yeah. The gag that I came up with as Buffy was that... Sarah Michelle Geller. I, I wasn't playing Buffy. I was playing Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh-huh. But the joke that I had, because she had just started her run on Rebels, the Star Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. And so my joke was that I wouldn't answer any questions about Buffy. I would only talk about Star Wars Rebels. And like, <laughs> like at one point they asked me about like, what was it like playing this groundbreaking female character? And I was like, you know who's also a groundbreaking female character? Princess Leia, who <laughs> you can actually see on the most recent season of Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD. And like, that was the running like gag with that. That's fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're into these videos. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously not just you watch one and you click like and that was it. Because this yeah, is, sounds like was, you're into them a lot more than just... There's one that I was really into that like sucked me in the most. And it's this guy, Peter Hollins. Okay. And his guest... He has he has guests. The, Peter Hollins has like... There's like, there's like a Hollins family singers like YouTube oh, presence. Because wow. okay. he sings and his wife sings and they both make these like videos, <laughs> whatever. And... He did it, and he had a guest who I think is actually SoCal-based, or at least used to be, named Whitney Avalon. And the two of them did a medley of Disney villains. And the production value, I recommend to your listeners to go on YouTube and look up 
Peter Holland's or Whitney Avalon's Disney villains medley. I feel because, like this sounds familiar. Yeah, they, did it so, like go viral? It, it probably did. Okay. I'm sure it did. They they play. There's like there's like it looks like the Brady Bunch almost because there's like there's like yeah. nine squares yes. and they each played like half the villains and. The thing is, the way it's edited, like, they, they just did it in front of a, a blue screen, but the way it's edited, like, they would, like, change out of their costumes into other costumes, but they're edited, so it looks like they're all on screen at the same time. Oh, and cool. they even, like, mess with each other, like, so they even, like, oh. come in and, like, planned things so that, like, later on they would do it, like... Like they're like when they like switch over to Ave Maria from Hunchback, uh-huh. like all of the other villains and all the other boxes, like like it gets all quiet and dark, and they all look like spooked, and they all like look up at that corner. Oh, that's cool. Which is so interesting because they they all filmed. It was obviously all filmed in the same exact it's like space, so they yeah. had to like know to do it, and like plan it ahead of time. So it's just amazing, and they give it like such personality because they're not just playing the characters from the movies like they, they're like playing their own take on these characters yeah. and they like have interesting costumes to be part of it and cool. so it's yeah it's really it's it's, it's like adorable yeah. and i was like this is so great and then i like fell down a rabbit hole of that kind of stuff and then it was it, also I've, seen, I've heard of john cozart he does them right i, th- I that one okay. i don't know okay maybe not um no it probably does I feel like I, i've seen him I, I don't think he's doing them anymore but i remember when i first moved to la um hearing about him and seeing his videos and he's probably like is. I just never seen it. That's all. I, I, I'm not like an expert on these. I just like yeah. click, watch, click, well, watch, that's whatever. My question. So yeah. you said this is like a type of video. Cause I, I've, I thought like, okay, if they're doing this, this is just like the thing they do. But so there's a whole community of people who make like Disney songs, like sort of in this style, not just Disney, but like, not just like that particular, I'm saying like, there's just so many people who's like YouTube presence. Like, cause like there's some people who use YouTube to like talk mm-hmm. about TV shows or to post mm-hmm. their stand up comedy or whatever. Or, but there's some people who just their whole purpose of their YouTube channel <laughs> is to, to highlight their singing. You know, I, I, I used to follow a YouTube channel. I was trying to learn to play ukulele and there was a woman who just like taught uh-huh. ukulele on, on YouTube. And I would like watch her videos and she would like teach you a song. And yeah. And so people like that, but these people just, they use, they use YouTube to become like recording artists. Basically, are they most of the ones you're finding like popular with followings, or are you like a down a rabbit hole? Some where, like, of them, some like of them, yes, some of them, no. Yeah, I'm, you're like, I'm like, yeah, it's all you. Like, <laughs> yeah, some of them have like followings and like fans. Other ones where it's like just like 18 views or whatever. And there, there's stuff where like this, like one of one you're of the like things giving that, them scores. You have an Excel sheet. You're tracking their yeah. development. <laughs> well, like one of the things that drew me in was so I I think that one of the best Disney villain songs of all time is Hellfire from Notre, Notre Dame, and oh, I, I think I mentioned it a second ago. But um, there's a mm-hmm. there's a couple women better that than do. Ursula. I. I it's tough because Hellfire is so freaky and scary. Ursula oh, is so Ursula, fun. You know, but... Hellfire, I, I do remember that. I just, that was a movie I didn't own. So I only saw it a few times like at people's houses. So yeah, but I do remember Frodo was like creepy. And, yeah. Like, it's it's he, the like, most, kinda, like, I think it's the most terrifying. Harass, um, Esmeralda. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> she'll be mine or she'll burn. Like so it's, creepy. it's the most, it's like, it's it, the only other Disney cartoon that's as dark as Hunchback, I think, is, is Black Cauldron. Like, I think mm. everything else, it's just such a dark movie. But that song especially, I think it's, I I think Ursula is more fun than Hellfire, yeah. but I think Hellfire is like the darkest, like creepiest Disney villain song. So, oh, but Be Prepared is pretty close. But, oh, Be Prepared is good. But all the others, yeah, Frodo, I feel like very, is his name Frodo? Frodo. Frodo. Yeah, Frodo, Frodo's like, Frodo's the Hobbit. Are, yeah. very, I don't think there's any. A sympathy for Frollo. No, he's not a sympathetic character at all. It's well, it's interesting because yeah, he's not sympathetic, but he's also like a tragic figure because he's someone who basically has like, like 
he's like this well, he religious hypocrite and like God, yeah, yeah it, it's he reminds me of like Javert and like in Les oh, Mis yeah. where it's like there's there's a um it's coming back to D&D a little bit there's uh-huh. like there's like character alignments that you have as like and so there's lawful good and there's like lawful evil and there's like chaotic it's like lawful good is someone who like does good things but also like follows like a specific code or rule uh-huh. of law whereas like lawful evil is someone who is evil but like also follows a code or mm. it's like like corrupt cops who use the system to their advantage gotcha. would be like lawful evil and i think frollo is a great example of like a like it's a he's like addicted like he uses the church to like mm. control people and like has his own like level of dogma about it and has convinced himself that he's being devout when he's actually being a monster. Can't think but of anyone are... like that in churches. No, not a single no, person. not in real life. No. That's why it makes a cartoon. <laughs> but one of the things that sucked me into these these videos was there's a few videos of women singing uh-huh. Hellfire and uh, I find it's funny because some of them go out of their way to change the pronouns to make it they're singing about a man instead uh-huh. of a woman, but the other ones singing about a woman still as well. And I found the w- female hellfires that are up that are still about women uh-huh. really interesting because then that does make this version of Frollo a lot more sympathetic to me mm. because the idea then is like oh what if it's this character who is this like powerful pious religious woman mm-hmm. but she falls in love with another woman and doesn't know how to reconcile mm. her like desire for this woman with her like religious presence and like yeah. that's that's really more interesting and it's still a villain like I, I think that like there's room for that kind of like LGBT villain sure. like lesbian villain but I think that like that makes it a lot more of a tragic and like sympathetic. Yeah, there's more layers to that. Um, but then what's funny is like in the women singing it, like there's like to talk about like who has bigger followings or whatever. <laughs> there is death. There's like one woman who has a little bit more production value to hers, and there's another woman who just like posts like a still and just sings, and you don't know what she looks like or anything. Oh, okay. And like I've seen her come like you stole my arrangement. Like, there's a lot of like <gasps> like back and Ooh. forth about who took your arrangement because she's like you you changed the words exactly where I did. You you changed the timing the where Amy I did Schumer to fit the word. Disney yeah. Singing. Well, I probably should say that. <laughs> that's not my personal opinion. Allegedly. Yeah. Look up the articles. <laughs> yeah. You can you could you could beat that out if you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Have you ever just wanted to make your own video? I. I would love to, but like I said, I, I actually don't really have a good singing voice, so I don't think that I would. I think that I would. Are all get, the videos you're watching like for the talent, or are they like you're you're getting hooked on their personalities, or like uh, the personality part? If I could sing a little bit better and I could get the production values, it might be might be kind of fun to do some of those because I just love musicals. But mm-hmm. I do think that you, like you have to have a good singing voice, please, mm-hmm. because like otherwise you're putting yourself out there and like you might be terrible or whatever. Um, it and feels you're not so get, vulnerable to put up a video of yourself singing. I mean, like, yeah. I, obviously, I, I know video. I specifically, I'm not as aware of like this show tunes Disney World, but I'm aware that people put videos of themselves singing. It's how Justin Bieber got discovered. Yeah, but I still think it is such a um, like I could never. I don't have that personality. I yeah. super admire anyone who does that, but the idea of just being like, here is my voice. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, it's even so like that, vulnerable. that female Hellfire I talked about she had to turn off comments on that video oh. because people were being so offensive to her for making this character queer or whatever. So that makes me like, I don't even know if I could remotely feel comfortable mm. putting myself out there because I don't want to have a bunch of, even with like comedy, I've had to occasionally like put up, like I don't turn off comments, but I've occasionally yeah. had to like 
set comments to be pre-approved before they'll post yeah which means then i have to like subject myself to reading through a bunch of vile comments because basically what will happen is somebody will find a video and then they'll post a link to it to some like reddit or 4chan page to get more people people to come that's so nasty yeah yeah the internet internet commenters suck and yeah i do also still read like i'll if i have a video if i'm in like a video of someone else or something like that i'll still go and go read the comments and i don't know why i do that it i yeah. never feel good after it. it's never like cutting i'm never, like ever. i have to yeah look and it's I like don't yeah know why. it's like it's like having like a cut in your mouth and you have to like tongue out like yeah. i kind of feel this pain a little bit and the worst is when you're it's like you see a tweet a crack, and no, you see uh, that like show more replies button mm, on a tweet and you're like don't you're click like, it no. don't click it i clicked <laughs> it oh it's terrible but like once in a while it is a good thing and so you're like okay yeah. let's see what this is but well, you know i not. do i'm gonna admit you know some of it might be ego for me because i do think i'm like what am i looking for i think a part of me it's weird to admit but it is like a uh, part of me is hoping that i'll see something nice yeah and uh i do uh, it's worth it for me to click on the thing to see what people are saying yeah. and i never feel good even when it is a compliment it's not really like what you're looking for right because it's a stranger on the internet saying good job like is that really yeah make exactly you feel good no I, again i appreciate it does compliments. Make me feel great no. uh, but it's you know it's like that emptiness is actually not me wanting to hear good job it's me like trying to feel yeah. like my existence is validated yeah. in a much bigger way that i'm just not gonna get from the internet <laughs> um okay so you watch those videos um i i, I know you mentioned this in the email but i kind of want to talk about your disneyland yeah. experiences i've become um, i've become like a un, uh, un, unexpected disney gay this year uh-huh. I, it's, i've been living in la for almost 10 years and i've only been in disneyland once in that time and then Did I you grew up like watching Disney movies and, a little like, bit. Like, I mean, yeah, it was, it was the most, it was the thing. It I was, was never like a total like Disney nerd. I, like, some of them were, okay. I would sing like, like Lion King songs and Aladdin mm-hmm. songs when I was a kid. Like that was the right age for it. And then I got to the age where I was like too cool or too old for Disney. And I kind of like fell off a little uh-huh. bit, but then got back into it as I like embraced my like musical theater nerd because most Disney movies are just musical theater shows that are animated. So I got back into it, but I, I don't, I didn't hold on to like, I didn't, I came, I did, I came back to it. Like I, I didn't go see like Tangled and Frozen and those Mm -hmm. in the theater. I, I finally saw Frozen on an airplane because it was like such a, everyone was talking about on Tumblr. I'm like, okay, well I'll watch this. So hot. Like every, it was to the point where I was like, it was a kids movie and I wasn't yeah. planning on seeing it. And I was like, I have to, cause everyone's talking about this. Yeah. I actually <laughs> ended up loving it. And yeah. I actually, I would say that like as a modern, like as an adult woman in her thirties, uh, if I had like to pick like my Disney princess, quote uh-huh. unquote, it would be Elsa. Who's a queen. I love that. But... You like Elsa. Cause I'm an Elsa as well, but I think people are divided. A lot of people oh, are yeah. like Anna or Anna or whatever. Yeah. I actually went to a, I, so I write for a lot of nerdy websites mm-hmm. and I went to a behind the scenes thing at Disney studios for <gasps> frozen oh or frozen two. And they actually divided us up not by our choice. They just gave us name badges. Yeah. But, some of the badges had Anna and some had uh-huh. Elsa. And I actually will admit that I felt a little bit slighted that I was given an Anna badge uh-huh. instead of an Elsa badge. But it was, that was just so they, they knew. They did it because they were giving us like presentations. Oh, they like and separate. they like, so this is going to be the Elsa group. This is the Anna group. We, <laughs> same presentations, but just in different order. Sure. But yeah, so I hadn't gone. And then my girlfriend was going to be in town the weekend of Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And we had been talking about like going away somewhere. And I also was like, she, we, so we, last couple of times she'd been to town, mm-hmm. we had gone down to the Santa Monica pier and I thought that the theme park was, was closing when we were there, but it was still open. Okay. And like I the boardwalk? Yeah. Oh, I thought okay. it was like closing for the night, not like gotcha. permanently. But 
I will, I think it's closed. And then the roller coaster would go by. Uh-huh. And then uh, later uh-huh. on, she would like tease me. Like I wanted to go to the roller coaster and you're like, oh, it's closed, but I can see it running. I'm like, I didn't think you wanted to go. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I was saying like, oh, I want to go, but it's closed. So don't worry about it. But she really wanted to go. So then we started talking about going to a theme park together. Yeah. And I was like, well, why don't we just go to Disneyland? And then we were like looking at it and we, we couldn't decide if we wanted to spend the money or not. We were all, we, we were kind of like, at one point, we were talking about like just going going away together, for, like when she's going to visit. But yeah. instead of just staying at my apartment, we were going to like get an Airbnb somewhere, or, uh, rent a house, some like a like uh-huh. a place in like Palm Springs. Or yeah, like, like a little staycation away. Yeah, but we we waited so long that like by the time we thought about doing it, all the places were like booked and expensive. Uh-huh. So we like okay, we won't do that. And then I was like, well, let's go to a theme park. And I was like, should we go to Disney? Should we go to Six Flags, Universal? And she's like, I don't know. You decide. I can't decide. So we, what we <laughs> ended up doing was I wrote down on a piece of paper. I was like, okay, I, I, I was like, I had, I had one of my D and D dice. It was a four sided dice. Oh my it looks gosh, like a triangle. You made it a D and D. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna roll this dice. If it's, if it's a one, if it, or if it's, if it's a one, we're going to Disney. Like, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I, I think it was a four. I think it's like, if it's a one, we're not gonna go anywhere. We'll go to this. Ah. We'll go to the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, if it's a two, we'll go to to Universal. If it's a three, we'll uh-huh. go to Six Flags. If it's a four, we'll go to Disney. And I rolled it, and it was a up four just for fun. No. <laughs> yeah, and so I rolled it, and I, I sincerely rolled it, and it sincerely rolled what I had said was Disney. And so wow. we went to Disney and I want to use that for other things in life. Oh, it's great. You just put it to chance. Like, you know, when you can't decide on the I do basic constantly. things, it's just great. Like, well, we'll put it. And then if you really do want one thing, you just won't do it. Yeah. Here's what I do. So I have, I, I use a dice roller app on my phone or mm-hmm. a coin flipper app or whatever, or you can even just tell Siri you can go, Hey Siri, flip a coin and she'll do it for you. So I you need to make an app where it's like, Hey Siri, where should I eat? And it just tells you. Yeah. Well, I, I just go like, <laughs> Heads this, tails that, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as I'm flipping it, mm-hmm. if when I when I'm when it, when I'm flipping it, if I suddenly have a really strong feeling, I don't look at the result and I go with the strong feeling. If I don't, Sorry. if I don't, then whatever comes up is what I do. Um, but so what ended, up, what ended up happening was, long story short, because I'm rambling so much about this, but price wise, uh-huh. it if we went for two days. It would cost, it was like Disney right now is like $150 a day to go to, but you can get a two day pass for $112 per day. So it's $224 for two days, which is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But we were like, I was looking at it and I was like, okay, so if we go for two, we were going to go to Disneyland one day in California, eventually the next. So that Mm -hmm. was going to be $224. And the annual pass is like six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but you only have to pay like one hundred and fifty dollars down, and then you like pay like a small monthly payment. Yeah. And it was like it was like way more doable per month than like one big lump sum. So I was like, well, rather than pay two hundred dollars today, I'll I'll just buy this pass, and then I can go back a couple times before the end of the year, <laughs> and or for the I have a yeah, whole year and on it. It'll be worth it. And so I was like, I only need to go like four or five times before it's like paid for itself so i'm like yeah let's do that and so we went for two days and then i was like i love <laughs> last time i went i went with a friend where it was my friend's birthday and that friendship was slowly disintegrating and so that day was like a like a like a, <laughs> a, a lot of things yeah. came to a head oh. that like led to the end of our friendship and oh, so man. it wasn't a great day at oh. all it was a terrible day and everyone left in a bad mood 
And so I didn't have a great like idea of Disneyland, but going with someone that I'm like in love with Mm -hmm. and like having like two like sweet, cute days there totally made me fall for it. And like, I know so many people who call themselves like Disney gays on like (laughs) Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, I became a Disney gay. And it's funny because like, I also like, I am cynical enough. Like I know all the issues with like how much money Disney has and like how much of a monopoly they are. Yeah, they're like, coming out with Disney Plus now. Yeah, I yeah. bought Disney Plus. I bought, they had a deal you that weekend. They had that deal that weekend where you could buy three years for the price of two if you like oh, wow. pre-bought it. So I just did it. I'm like, fine, I'll do this. Now I have Disney Plus for three years. And yeah, I am You're a Disney gay. You're into this Disney lifestyle. And it's like, I know, I know that I'm like funding this like mega corp and I'm like feeding into this consumerist and I know it yeah, and I, mean, I hate it and I also love product. it at the same time. That's the yeah. truth. It's like Disney has it down. Like, I've been to Universal. I've been to Disneyland and like the difference is astounding and Universal is not that much cheaper, but Disney like down to every detail, like the the fact that they're pumping like smell of candy in certain areas, like all the trash cans are painted to look cute. Like it's just a very pleasant experience. Of course, Disney has a lot of problems, but the thing that they're making that they're selling is high quality. Yeah. And they, they, that's why it's so expensive. And it's but. just so easy to like, just like feel like a kid running around yeah, that park. And it's it like so, so goofy and there. silly. And like, I, it's funny because like last time when I was there, we like stood around too much waiting for people to like get ready to go on rides or whatever. But I went with, with, with her, we went, we went on a Friday morning mm-hmm. and within the first like, three or four hours we were there we had managed to ride like every big ticket ride in the park uh-huh. so then we we were able to spend the rest of the day just riding like the more fun like relaxed rides and seeing shows and stuff like that and did you I, see the frozen show there i did i saw that on the, the saturday we were yeah it's yeah. good my friend my friend's sister directed it oh really a, a guy that i used to write oh, with great. at pajiba his that's sister so cool. is lizelle tommy and she oh, nice. she's like been like a tony nominated director and it's she, really good yeah. i saw it with my twin sister um i like that they did the i think all of them are like this but the one we saw definitely was like hamilton blind casting you know yeah it was cool yeah it was great yeah, yeah. and then they I, I don't know hamilton i guess is the way i describe it but yeah just like blind casting and um we liked it so much we threw a birthday party like a frozen theme show birthday party where i was elsa and she was on it oh that's <laughs> awesome i yeah it's so i just something about disney is like you can't there. oh you're saying that so you went and you watched a bunch of shows because you had time in the afternoon yeah because it was easy like it didn't i think because of me now knowing that i can go whenever i want i didn't feel like oh i have to write always mm-hmm. throw rides over and over again and i also find that as in a like when i was a kid now go to theme parks i just wanted to ride every roller coaster and just get like that pure <laughs> adrenaline day but i feel like as an adult i'm actually way more into like chill rides than i yeah. used to be and like just like fun pleasant rides and yeah, I think that like knowing that I'm not like rushing to get everything squeezed into one day. Yeah. I think Disneyland as a park is way better for rides like that than a lot of other parks are. Yeah. Like, you know, you mentioned Universal. I had a Universal pass for two years in a row mm-hmm. the, when they when the Harry Potter Land opened up, and it was fun to go hang out in Hogsmeade and like occasionally mm-hmm. like wander into Springfield. But the rides at Universal and Hollywood are almost all simulators mm-hmm. and they almost all give me motion sickness and it's not a very big park and it's fine. But yeah, for the money yeah. you're paying to get in there, it never feels worth it. And they always close too early. Like they're always closing at like, like most of the year they close at like five or six. So it's oh, like, wow, cool. So really? I can't even go up there after work and hang out in Hogsmeade and have a drink. <laughs> like I could, I could actually leave 
like Burbank where I work, drive all the way to Anaheim and park <laughs> and get on a, a, a shuttle to go to Disneyland and spend more time in the park in Disneyland than I could if I left work and went to Universal, which is like a five minute drive wow. from my apartment. That's, so I, that's what I liked about. I had an annual pass for two years, and I um. I what I liked about it is like what you're saying like you took the pressure off so you can you don't go for full days that much I mean you yeah. can if someone's visiting but for the most part it might be like oh maybe I'll go Friday after work or maybe yeah. I'll, like I have a day off and I'll do a half day there and so you can sleep in you don't have to do the wake up at sunrise thing you can get there and you just like it's way more leisurely. You can enjoy meals. You're not like always trying to rush to Space Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was there, so that's what I was, after my, so my girlfriend, we went there like Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And then like the next Sunday, like this past Sunday, uh-huh. I, or two Sundays ago, I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. I went, like I just got up on Sunday morning. Yeah. And just I drove down there and just, I mean, the only Bummer of that is my pass doesn't have included parking, parking so I did to pay yeah. for the parking. But yeah, there's I just a woke trick up with parking. Morning. Well, but then you have to stay there past close. But if you're gonna stay late, there's a um, the outside lot. They after like a certain time, um, they just open the gates. But oh, really? I, my sister and I. Oh, did but now they once. now they charge you when you come in instead of when you leave. Oh, so that that's how they Because it you. is more expensive there. But yeah. my sister and I did it, and then we, but then we were waiting for them to close, and it was like. This one guard was just walking around. We're like, oh, should we just go? But it was going to be like way more. And I was yeah. like, no, we have to wait. So I think we were there till like 11 p.m. And we're just waiting in our car for like 45 minutes. But there's a part <laughs> of me that is like wanted to try like parking at like one of the hotels that has mm. like restaurants in the parking lot oh, yeah. or like at the Target and just taking like a it's lift Uber to Disneyland. Ever. But but then it's about the same because there and back. And, yeah. I yeah. figured, yeah, you save a little bit of money, but I think the the nerves that I would have the rest of the time sure. that I was there, like, will my car be there when I get back would yeah. like ruin the joy of like saving that little bit of money. And they make it and so much easier. You know, you take the tram and then you're there and it's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. So uh, yeah, I, I went out, got up on Sunday morning and just was like, yeah, why not? And drove down there and like went to the parks and like spent, I was there until I would say like, two or three and nice. i was like i'm good i'm ready to go now uh-huh. I, I went i got there and i basically speed ran california adventures i got oh, there and that fun. was not as busy yet as disneyland had gotten so i just went in and like every ride in the park was like 10 minute wait tops so oh, nice. i didn't even have to use the max pass for the most part i basically the only, the only reason why i ended up using a max pass is i was in line from one ride and i was like cool i'm gonna max pass this other ride what's a max pass Oh, okay. Max Pass is a game changer for Disneyland. I, There's so many new it innovations. Is, it's basically, so you know how they had the Fast Passes where you yeah. go and you can scan it? Max Pass, it's only Disneyland. I think Disney World doesn't have it yet or they have something different with like armbands or whatever. Disneyland, so you actually have it on your phone. Uh. And when you're on your phone, you can just open up the ride you want to go to <gasps> and you push the thing and like make an appointment for that ride. Oh. You don't have to go all the way to the ride first to do it. Like you can do it from anywhere in the park. Like once it knows that you're in there and you have a Max Pass party built, you can use it anytime. And when oh, you wow. buy an annual pass, you can you can actually pay to add it to your annual pass so it's always active oh, because awesome. it costs $15 a day if you don't add it to your annual pass. So it's like, that's the downside. Mm. It does cost money. So it's like paying more for your trip, but it is worth it. It makes <laughs> the day so much better. And like, yeah, it's like if the Disneyland app tells you, you an how appointment long. And you know exactly what They yeah. did that. You know, the last time I was there, I went with my uh, family because my dad wanted to go for his birthday and um, I bought a Dole Whip that way you can go on I didn't yeah. know about the Max you can mobile Pass. order Dole Whips, you mobile yeah. order you don't have to wait in line you just say I'm here and then they make it I'm like this is 
Right. And it's so smart because probably more, they're making more money. Oh, of course they are. More people want to put their credit card in there. And oh yeah. So smart. Yeah. You can like pick like a, a window of time to yeah. go pick up a food or whatever. Cause I actually, I was actually mad because so we, my girlfriend wanted to see a show and it, I think it started at two uh-huh. and we sat down in the golden horseshoe and I was like, Oh, I should order a Dole Whip and go get that and eat that during the show. And then the next available window wasn't until two twenty. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well I'm not going to do that. Cause then I, I wouldn't be able to like enjoy it during the show. And then the show ended at like two twenty, And then we like walked out of there and walked <laughs> right up to where the Dole Whip thing was like, Oh, I could have totally gotten Aww. this. But instead we like, we like waited and went into the Tiki room and like watched yeah. that. And then we like walked out of there and got Dole Whip at the place behind the Tiki room. But when I was there on Sunday, I was like, I'm going to get a Dole Whip. And I went and got one. And then like case in point, you're just like being able to like just have a chill day while you're yeah. there by yourself. I like, saw there was like less than a 10 minute wait for the jungle cruise so i just got in line and enjoyed my dole whip while i was in line and by the time i finished it i was at the ride and just got to go ride the jungle cruise again so you're making me want to get an annual pass again um do you have a favorite ride haunted mansion and mm-hmm. i'm bummed right now but i, I wrote do you it ever go for um between halloween and christmas i went i went it, they they it, they redo it they, as now they're Christmas. doing it beforehand now too. Oh, wow. they, they just that was the bummer when I went there for Labor Day weekend. Haunted Mansion was closed because uh-huh. they take a week, they close it down for a week yeah, or week or two it. to to redo it. And so when I was there, it was not open, and it's mm-hmm. my favorite ride. So I missed out on it. I went back on Sunday, and it was now that weekend's when it had reopened as the Nightmare oh, for Christmas. Now it's already the Nightmare. So it was like the most popular ride in the park that day because like uh, every other like when I opened up the Max Pass, all the yeah. appointments were like twenty minutes from now. The Haunted Mansion one was like 215 I was oh, like man. ah so I actually went ahead and just got in line and waited like 40 minutes to ride that ride because I really it was it's the only one I hadn't one. gotten to ride yeah. so I love that one I kind of like Jungle Cruise because I love the cheesy jokes like I, I think if, they were so funny when I was a kid and then yeah. now as an adult I'm like oh my god but I guess it's like when you're a kid just anybody like I'd never seen comedy and anybody kind of like you know, making a pun or something. You're like, ah, how did you think of yeah. that? That's so funny. As an adult, I have a special love for like <laughs> dad jokes or corny <laughs> jokes. So I feel like if I, if I had a job at Disneyland, that's the job I want to do. Sure. Yeah. And then like, we actually wrote the weirdest thing we did when I was there with, with, with my, with my lady was, um, with my lady. Uh, when I was there Labor Day weekend was there's like, cause you know, like there's like, there's that river that has like the, the, like the Mark Twain boat uh-huh. and the sailing ship. Yeah. There's also, if you like go around the corner by Critter Country, there like there's like the um, Davy Crockett canoes, and oh. you sit in the canoe and you literally have to paddle the boat. Like it's not like oh, a down the ride. River? Yeah, oh, and it's, I didn't the, know it's that. the exact same river, like the, like the little huh. like lake that they have, and you're not on a rail. Like you actually yeah. are paddling a boat with a canoe, and wow. like you control it. And like because sometimes like the boat, the bigger boat has gone by, yeah. and then like the person like controlling your canoe, like the captain has to like i don't know what they're called captains but the person who's like on the boat with you like the, the guide will like tell you to stop paddling and you have to wait for a minute or two for the boat to move <laughs> and you start pedaling again the and, realest part of disneyland but like not unlike jungle cruise she's like making jokes the whole time but it's a lot more dry and sarcastic uh-huh. and like kind of over it and it was like i didn't like the paddling part but it was so fun because she was just being like <laughs> like the joke that made my girlfriend die was so funny it was it was so stupid but she's like over here is like there was like some she's like pointing out celebrities and it's just like an animatronic moose or whatever and, she's, and right there emma stone it's a giant rock uh-huh. and like that was that that was the whole joke that's, was that's um, emma stone it's like what's it called it's like the belly room like that's the belly room and the jungle cruise is the main yeah room. it's just and, like oh, one of these days i'll get on the main stage 
the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah, and the whole gag is like at the end of it, they're like, hey, everyone, when we pull up to the dock, you all need to smile and cheer like you had a good time so we can trick other people into riding this ride like you were tricked <laughs> into riding this ride. And like, but like, I don't want to paddle every time, but I also think I might do it again because like, cool, I get a little bit of exercise during the yeah, day. See, make her do some new material. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was like silly and fun. And like, so that was cool. So yeah, I think I think my favorite rides in the park are Haunted Mansion and Jungle Cruise. Those are good ones. Yeah, I think mine right now is Space Mountain, but I really yeah. do like Haunted Mansion. I used to love Pirates too. Space Mountain is currently Hyperspace Mountain. Oh yeah, and it's like Star Wars, Wars themed. And I'm bummed have because you been to Star Wars World. I have. I'm geeking out. I, I loved did. it so yeah. much. That was why I well, big yeah. reason why I went really was to cool. go to that. That that is pretty cool. There's a new ride that hasn't opened yet. It's yeah. been open in January, like so I'm excited for that one. one right? I, maybe I'll have to get a pass for that. Well, the one that's there now is a simulator where you're yes, in the Millennium where you're Falcon. shooting. I, I did that one, but the other one looks like you can walk through stuff. Yeah, the other one's like, it's going to be this huge ride, but it's going to have partially like a dark ride yeah. and partially like things you're doing in line getting to it that's or so whatever. Cool. I'm really excited for that one. But yeah, the, the Millennium Falcon one is so cool because like, the ride itself is fine. Mm-hmm. It's not great. And like, it's, it's kind of forgettable, but <laughs> getting to like, get in, like when oh, you're like waiting to go the on Millennium the, Falcon? Yeah. yeah. And like the fact cool. that like when you're like waiting to ride it, like you're sitting, yeah. And yeah, like, it the, looks waiting like area. the Millennium Falcon and like everybody, everyone would tell you that it's more fun to, to pilot it. I haven't gotten a chance to pilot it cause it's always a kid given the piloting uh-huh. job, but I've been the engineer and the gunner. And for me, I think why I like it is that I mentioned that how much I hate simulators earlier and I feel sick uh-huh. on them. Uh, my trick for not feeling sick on a simulator is to, like look away once in a while, like and get like a like a like a steady. Yeah. And so like having the buttons to push and like a job yeah. to do, it's like I kind of stop caring about the video game that's happening <laughs> on the screen, and I'm like I'm like doing my job, pushing buttons, and I'm like it's so immersed in the idea of like I'm actually the gunner right now on the Falcon. It the feels o- really real. That one's really cool. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about being the gunner is that if you're gonna be the gunner on the Falcon, you <laughs> should be down in the room with the little turrets and stuff. Yeah. And I wish they had that as part of the ride. <laughs> like it'd be so cool if oh, like part like of your and you go down that'd be awesome yeah so um i also noticed the last time i went that pirates of the caribbean they've updated it yeah and i don't i mean i don't go a lot so i don't know how recent this is but i mean it's about time but it, it was inter- it still was a one of those moments where i was like yes i'm glad that kids now will just be seeing this yeah but there was a part of me that was like oh wow end of an era yeah it's weird because like the stuff that they changed for people that don't know is like there was a lot of like really rapey scenes yeah you know, when it, was like a, it was like off. a bride auction they got rid bride of auction. they also a while ago changed this but i think it used to be there was a scene of a guy chasing the girl and then and they made flipped it, it. yeah um, but they took out the auction and now they're just now like, they're auctioning off wares. like random things. Yeah. And yeah. then they, they took like the woman who was like being sold. They made her into a pirate. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then they also added a bunch of like pirates to hear me movie stuff. Yeah, like Jack Sparrow's throughout there. Although it's not actually, apparently it's, it's somebody else doing the voice. And I'm like, yes, I'm so glad. Oh yeah. Cause that. it's like, you gotta take Johnny Depp out now too. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it's also just like it, the funny thing about Disneyland is the funny thing is, how many rides where some of the voice actors from the movies mm. did the voices, but not all of them. And it's <laughs> like weird. Hear the like when you go to Finding Nemo, it's definitely Albert Brooks doing uh-huh. the clownfish, but it's not Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> doing Dory. And it's very obviously <laughs> not Ellen DeGeneres. And it's really weird. Um, I don't know if it's because she has like a deal with like Universal or whatever, oh, and yeah. she can't do that. And it's also, um, uh, what was it? The Inside Out ride, like it's definitely not Amy Poehler oh, doing I the didn't voice. Know there was Inside Out, is it in California? Yeah. Okay, I gotta go. They took a gotta ride go. from Bugs Life and like refaced it. Oh, they, man. They, they they took the like 
the the boardwalk area of California mm-hmm. Adventure, and this year they made it Pixar Pier. So oh. now all the rides on the boardwalk area are now Pixar themed. So you because they already had the Toy Story one, which is like the the Midway Meltdown, which is yeah. amazing. And then there's they took the roller coaster that was California Screaming, they made uh-huh. it into the Incredicoaster. Ah. And then there's also the Inside Out ride, and then the, the, the roller, the Ferris wheel. They like painted all the cars with different Pixar characters on them and stuff like that. And I'm getting the itch. Um, yeah. Th- yeah. Well, okay. So this is kind of like related to the game. Yeah. So I want to lead into the game. Yeah, I've been um, talking for a while. I don't no, 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 no. <laughs> this is all very. Exciting. I love Disney. I'm like, I'm like, I'm asking yeah. about all the changes, but um, it's so yeah. And that that's the thing. Like now, been a Disney podcast. Like no. well, Walt, <laughs> Walt Disney's thing about Disneyland was he said like Disneyland will never be finished. Like it will always yeah. be changing, always updating. And it's, I will say one really cool thing is that I I didn't think I was gonna like Guardians of the Galaxy that much because I loved oh, yeah. I loved Twil- Tower of Terror and I was like why would they just make it a different version of the same ride and lose that feel to it? It is so it's much really more good. fun now. Yes. It is such a better ride. And I like it. I'm I, I stand corrected on that one because it's it, it went from being a kind of scary ride and like a little disorienting to like fun it's so fun and like the music that plays yeah i'm glad i did tower of terror like that was really fun but Mm -hmm. guardians of galaxy and they did the decoration when you're waiting in line it's really great it looks so cool because i love i i'm a twilight zone nerd like as a kid Uh i love that that show but yeah guardians like there's just there's something about the energy of it when you're riding it it feels so much more fun. they capture the energy of the movie that's sort of like the pump and music happy but also like woo, thrilling yeah yeah um well thanks for sharing all that i feel like yeah i'm like (laughs) this is now been taken over by disney um yeah. this is a promotion for disney plus um <laughs> no this game i um came up with today is actually inspired by because i kind of knew you're gonna talk about disney yeah um but we we're kind of talking about like little secrets and tips so this game is inspired by secrets at disney oh no it's, i don't know i don't know these yet Let's it's find called out. okay it's called what secrets will we unearth about the happiest place on earth yeah so everybody knows Mickey's ears are big because they're full of secrets, right? Yeah. Um, and there's lots of hidden Mickeys throughout yeah, the park. Lot, there are hidden Mickeys and one hidden Donald. Um, well, there's probably more than one, but... And there's cats. I saw one of the cats when yes, I was there Yes, they last go time. around and they're supposed to like catch the mice, I think. Yeah. Cinderella's mice. No, no, those, they're, 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 <laughs> they're okay. They're supposed to eat they're, the Mickeys. They're alive, yeah. Um, but yeah, Disney Parks is full of secrets. Um, you know, just historically, there's the really fun secrets. Sometimes they're fun. There's tunnels, also Snow White supremacy, but... yeah. Um, no, that's just my little joke. Uh, well, I guess the tunnels are only at Disney World, apparently, and not Disneyland, mm. from what I hear. But there's I little, like, is, but uh, in between mazes. Yeah. So, basically, this game, I'm just going to read a secret, and it's multiple choice, so you don't have to pull it out of nowhere, so you just have to guess the answer. Um, they're inspired by both Disneyland and Disney World. Okay. Cool. Okay, here's the first one. So, we all know happy endings are fake, but what else did Disneyland use to fake to create more realistic atmosphere? Was it A, the screams outside Tower of Terror, B, the sound of fireworks during the light show, or C, the smell of horse manure on Main Street? I'm going to say the screams of the Tower of Terror. Correct. Yeah, they even though people totally do scream, um, they actually project noises of screaming when people fall. And so when you hear it from down on the street and you're like, oh my God, that sounds so scary. Completely fake. Probably because the actual screams up top would be too quiet to hear. I think from so, that yeah. yeah. But it fooled me. Yeah. Because I'm always like, wow, people really scream. And then it also makes you want to do it. When you get up there, you're like, I got to be, yeah. sound like I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, great. Okay, this next one. The Indiana Jones track in Disneyland is identical to what ride track in Disney World? A, rock and roller coaster in Hollywood Studios. B, dinosaur in Animal Kingdom. Or C, the one-hour car ride from the park back to the hotel because Dad forgot the tickets. That was a bumpy ride. I'm going to say the rock and roller coaster. 
um, good guess, but it's actually dinosaur and animal oh, kingdom. Okay. They took wow. the track, so dinosaur. it's like the exact same track. Yeah, there's a lot of that going um, around. I've never done dinosaur, but I love dinosaurs. I had no idea there was a dinosaur ride. I have to go to Disney ah. World now. Okay, you're doing great. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm a half and half, so <laughs> half that's not half, true. Half and half, 50%. Yeah. Um, okay, the jokes aren't the only things that kill on the Jungle Cruise ride. What actual animal um, do they used to have on display in the ride but had to get rid of because it was too dangerous? A, piranhas. B, gators, or C, college girls on volunteerism trips, just doing it for the gram? Uh, I'm going to say, well, it should be, it was probably C, but I think it's actually B is the right answer. <laughs> it's B. The answer is B. Yeah, they had gators like caged up, but then they would like escape and mm-hmm. um, pe- uh, actual, oh, people thought they were fake. So they started throwing like food at them and made them mad. And then they had to, ha- handlers had to like step in yeah. way too much to get rid of them. So Yeah, that's a bad idea. To put, was yeah. that the Disney World one? Or I Disney think it was Land? Disney World. Yeah, because I don't think gators yeah. exist in California. Um, yeah, well, well they I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they could have, they could have like flown them in, them but it makes more sense to have like gators in an area that actually has gators. Because remember, yeah. there was there was the story like two years ago where that kid got like attacked yeah, by a gator insane. when the family was like on vacation. Oh my god, Jurassic World five, gators <laughs> at Disneyland. Um, okay, this is the final one. Okay, so for the win. Before he died, Walt Disney built a suite in the park for him and his family, and it's since been repurposed as a suite for sweepstakes winners and special guests to stay in. It has a full jacuzzi, 24-karat gold floor, and other fancy things. Where is this room located? Is it A, at the top of Cinderella's castle, B, on the top of Matterhorn Mountain, or C, inside the Haunted Mansion? But you have to provide a death certificate of someone you murdered before you get in. So, this is at Disneyland or Disney World? Um... That would probably give it away, huh, if I said it, because these three things are in different places. Well, I'm going to say it's Cinderella's Castle at Disney World. You are correct. It is Cinderella's Castle in Disney World. Um, yeah, all of this research made me realize I need to go to Disney World. It looks way cooler than Disneyland. There's so much stuff there. Well, the thing about Disney World is that part of why he built it was because when he made Disneyland, it was like supposed to be like this self-contained universe, but mm. then people started building buildings all around it and like ruined the mm. immersive feel to it. So he purposely made Disney World like a resort <laughs> where it's like there's nothing but wilderness can't get out. It. It's like so a casino where like, they don't have a clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Disney World is really cool. It's, it's more that like there's more parks to go to. Mm. Like the Magic Kingdom is still pretty much like Disneyland is here. Yeah. But they had more space to grow into and gotcha. just lots of cool water parks is one of the oh. things that's down there. And there's, there was a water park there that I really want to go back to as an adult that I didn't, that I, I was like scared of most of the rides when I was a kid, but it looks like a, like a, like a Alpine ski resort. So oh, all the, cool. all the water slides look like, like snowy <gasps> things and like, that's ski, awesome. that, that was cool. There was one that I think closed that was called river country. And that uh-huh. one, like, Instead of having a pool, it actually had like a big lake that was like cordoned off, and so all the rye, all the slides like like, like fell into a lake instead oh, of cool. into a pool, and like there was like an island in the middle you could swim out to and ride water slides there and stuff. Wow, and it was really cool. I gotta check it out. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Riley. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley J Silverman and on Instagram at Riley Silverman, and you can find that D and D show I was talking about at Twitch.tv/dnd, and it's called The Broken Pact. Go watch that and follow her and go watch her stand up and follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and uh, follow me at Larissa T. Thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Yeah.